Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 215, and we are going to take a look at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Excuse me, I have the hiccups a little bit. We have not discussed this one. The one that we kind of discussed, sorry, I still have the hiccups. I apologize. The previous one that we discussed was part of the fisheries and uh, law enforcement things of that nature. This is just kind of one level up from that. So this is one um, that is just kind of the original National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. So it's kind of like an agency within an agency. Uh, but before we dive into this, let me give a big shout out to my listeners because we love to see you guys here. We greatly appreciate you, and we have quite a few people listening in. So this is really cool. Now, what I find very interesting, just side note, there are just as many people in California listening in to this podcast as there are in Oklahoma. So at the moment, I'm stationed in Oklahoma, and I find it very interesting that anyone from California would be listening to my podcast because I am a Republican capitalist or a capitalistic Republican, whichever way you want to word that. So I'm very amazed that anyone from California is listening in because whenever I think about California, I tend to think liberal progressives and just kind of out of touch with society and democracy but god bless you guys obviously i was wrong and i am so glad to see you guys here online i love to see my listeners here so god bless you california i hope and pray that you get a republican governor and that all of your senators and your congressmen and women are republicans because you know you guys out in california you guys deal with so much that the rest of the country does not deal with And I think it's very unfortunate that you guys have been having to pay such high real estate for years, like for decades. It's ridiculous. Your real estate tax is off the charts. Um, your income tax is off the charts. I mean, you're, the, the elected officials are just ruining <laughs> your, your state. And so it makes it very difficult to live there and to, and to afford anything. Like, you know, if a tank of gas, not a tank of gas, but if a gallon of gas here in Oklahoma is like $3, It's like six, seven, or eight dollars out in California. That's ridiculous. And you know what? The you know California, they they really have nobody to blame but themselves on that. I don't necessarily mean the citizens. I'm talking about the people that are very um, extremist environmentalists. They are the ones that are screwing screwing up your state. And also, um, you have people in your state, California, that are completely against. Um, really good energy. So, they think that everything should be solar powered and all this stuff. And let me tell you something. I know from living in Oklahoma, you know, if you are planning to um uh I would say, well not just solar power, but like turbine power, like wind power and things of that nature, um you know, if the wind doesn't blow, then you're you're not going to have electricity if you're completely relying on um uh, you know wind turbines or whatever or turbines those motors or whatever i forget what they're called but those towers out in the out in the sticks that supposedly generate electricity but if the wind doesn't blow you don't have electricity it's the same thing with solar panels if if it's cloudy out you're not going to have as much electricity so you know do you really think that hospitals um would be able to provide um covid-19 victims um with respirators and ventilators in hospitals if the sun's not out and if the wind is not blowing i would definitely say no in fact you know here's the thing most hospitals i'm pretty sure it's a requirement for them to be licensed 
um, to not only be a hospital, but also to have emergency backup systems like generators. So, you know, those are typically run by fuel or electricity. Another thing that, you know, the powers that be in California have really screwed up is that you guys, I don't think you have any nuclear power plants, which I think is very unfortunate because if anything, California should have a bumper crop of them because you have such a high population density, especially in Los Angeles. So, it's one of those things that if, you know, if you want to be smart with energy, then you need to have access to all forms of energy. That way it lowers the cost of your utility bills. But these nuts out in California that have been elected to office, they do not understand the economy whatsoever. So California, I love you very much. I hold you very dear to my heart. And if anything, California is one of the states that I pray for frequently because I totally understand what you guys are going through. Like I can read about it. I can see your pain and suffering. And you know, whenever I think about if I were living out there and I had to deal with the cost of inflation, I mean, I mean just the way that you guys are. You know, like for example, um I actually met some movers a couple years ago that no, it wouldn't be a couple years ago. It was like a year and a half ago, my apologies. Um they um they are from California or they are stationed out there in California, but because they work for a moving company, it goes all over the United States. Well, You know, when a when an apartment here in Oklahoma costs about $900, out in California, it's like 3,000 a month for like maybe 900 square feet. That is ridiculous. $3,000 a month is like a mortgage or two prior to the housing crisis out here in Oklahoma. Like, you know, like for example, mortgages are just hardly anybody can afford them right now. So, what's been going on in California in terms of the mortgage crisis and these it just the craziness of interest rates initially it was only going on in California and maybe New York and New Jersey but eventually that spread across the United States you know it should not cost $500,000 to pay off a $150,000 home but that is exactly what is happening with interest rates and these mortgage companies they are ripping people a new one and it is ridiculous it is unlawful and they have created a monopoly and they should be sued Now typically I'm not for suing people willy-nilly but this is not willy-nilly. This is actually very intentional and very direct because what they're doing is not capitalism. It's leasing and fleecing. There there is a difference between making money and then like <laughs> trying to legally rob people. And that's what's been going on with these lenders um within the mortgage business and the mortgage industry and I just think it's ridiculous. It's just It it's very shameful. So California, I love you guys very much. Reach out anytime. You guys have my information. Very much would love to have you guys on the show as well. But let me continue to give a big shout out to to the rest of my listeners. So again, a big shout out to Oklahoma, California. Love you. God bless you. New York, Virginia, Texas, Pennsylvania, British Columbia, Florida, Illinois, Georgia, Oregon, West Virginia, Indiana, New Jersey, Massachusetts. Ohio, Minnesota. I love how you guys say that Minnesota. Very beautiful accent. Alabama, Nebraska, Washington, Colorado, District of Columbia, DC, kind of a swamp. Uh Mississippi, Tennessee, Rhode Island, Kansas, Louisiana, North Carolina, Nevada, Maryland, Utah, Michigan, Iowa, Alberta, New Brunswick, Wisconsin, Connecticut, Manitoba, Hawaii. Good to see you, Hawaii. and Newfoundland and Labrador in terms of countries the United States Canada the Russian Federation the United Kingdom Australia the Netherlands Slovakia 
South Africa, Japan, Denmark, Uzbekistan, Italy, and there was another one. Uh, oh, Iran and Palestine. Very good to see all of you. So this podcast is growing. I love it. I love to see all of you here. Okay, so again, we're taking a look at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. So again, this is not the exact same one that we discussed previously. Uh the one that we discussed was within the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, but it was the Office of Fisheries. So it's very interesting how specific they get. And that's always a good thing because You know, as much as I'm not a fan of federal agencies, if we are going to have them, they do need to be specific. They knew they they need to be very much streamlined so that way they're not wasting money and also so they know what they're doing. So, we want to make sure that we cut down on waste and fraud. That's probably the biggest thing that that we need to focus on with these federal agencies because they've been running amok for a really long time. And unfortunately, Congress is responsible for that because Congress is the one that writes them a blank check and says, "Okay, you're telling me your budget is this much. Okay, we'll just write you a check." No. You you don't just write them a check just because they say they need something. They have to prove they need what they say they need. It's kind of one of those things. Um this particular agency was formed October 3, 1970. Um the preceding agency is the United States Coast and I'm not sure how to pronounce this but Geodetic Survey and Environmental Science Services Administration. Uh obviously the jurisdiction is the United States federal government so this is not a state agency. It is a federal agency. They they are headquartered in Maryland. Um in terms of employees It says they have about 321 commissioned I don't know if that means officers but it says they're commissioned corps. I'm not really sure what that means. In terms of civilian employees, they have about 12,000 as of 2021. Now their budget is huge. It's ridiculous. Um their budget for 2022, which means they were just given this money like it's an annual budget. They were given 6.9 billion dollars. That is ridiculous. <laughs> It's very ridiculous. They do have an agency uh, executive. Obviously, they have an executive and a secretary in charge of these things. Their parent agency, strangely, is the United States Department of Commerce. So, this doesn't really have anything to do with that. Um it does list off some agencies underneath that umbrella as well. So, these are some agencies that are within other agencies in regards to this. Um it says there is the National Environmental Satellite Data and Information Service. Then you have the National Marine Fisheries Service. Then you have the National Ocean Service, National Weather Service. Now that one I really appreciate, especially with living here in Oklahoma at the moment with tornadoes. Excuse me, in very extreme weather. Then they have the Office of Marine and Aviation Operations. and then they have the office of oceanic and atmospheric research that one i actually kind of like because i do think we need we need to continue to do research on our ocean and our atmosphere because we want to make sure that we are environmentally sound and i don't mean to sound like a crazy liberal nutbag i'm just saying that we need to take care of what god has given us and so you know god gave us this planet and so it's very important that throughout our entire lifetime that we be very much good stewards of anything and everything that God has given us which is this entire planet, this entire solar system and our galaxies. So we need to make sure that we are doing everything that we can to be good stewards because you know, I don't mean to sound morbid not by any means, but every single one of us, you know, our our life is temporary here on this earth. 
our soul is eternal right and our our common goal should be to get to heaven but in terms of living on this planet it's temporary you know and we should enjoy it but we should also be good stewards and recognize that we are passing down what we have been given to future generations whether we have children or not we are passing it down to future citizens of the United States and citizens are or peoples of different countries I would say. So just want to make sure to make that clear. And um, it says the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration also known as NOAA is an American scientific and regulatory agency within the United States Department of Commerce that forecasts weather, monitors oceanic and atmospheric conditions, charts the seas, conducts deep sea exploration and manages fishing and protection of marine mammals and endangered species in the United States exclusive uh, economic zone. You know, I was not aware of endangered species until the 4th grade. Um we had to write a paper about I think they're called manatees or something. And so at that time manatees, which are very um indigenous to the state of Florida, they were getting killed like crazy by stupid motorboats um that were not really being observant <laughs> to animals that that live in the water. And so there were so many manatees that were just being killed. It was crazy. It was really disturbing. And that was back in, let's see, I was in the 4th grade in 1994. So I was shocked, you know, as a child that people wouldn't care about the animals that they're hurting like it's one thing if you're hunting like if you're um you know if you're hunting ducks and it's duck season and and you know you're you're feeding your family but just having a sports boat or a yacht or something and just totally ignoring the wildlife and not being observant and not caring about the the harm or damage that you do that is really terrible and I'm not against boats and I'm not against yachts and those are two different things it's just that You know, we have a responsibility to care. And so I didn't know in, in grade school until 4th grade that sometimes adults don't care. <laughs> so it just kind of shocked me. Like I knew that there were bad people that were adults, but you know, I knew there were bad people that didn't care about people, but I didn't know that that some people didn't care about the planet. I didn't know that some adults didn't care about animals or the environment. And it really kind of shocked me. I was like, well, If you destroy what is actually in your environment, then technically you are destroying a part of yourself because as human beings and as mammals and as living creatures, we need this environment just as much as the animals. So, we are at the top of the food chain for a reason, and this planet was created for us because we have souls and we were made in God's image. But it's because of all that that we have the responsibility to be good stewards and not throw this away and not junk it up. So, we need to be careful about that. So some of their specific roles include supplying environmental information products, providing environmental stewardship services that I actually agree with, and also conducting applied scientific research. I agree with that as well because I think knowledge is power. Um some of their fundamental activities are number 1 monitoring and observing earth systems with instruments and data collection networks. um understanding and describing earth systems through research and analysis of data assessing and predicting the changes in these systems over time i think that's a little sketchy right there because unfortunately envir- environmentalists tend to freak out really bad about climate change our climate changes four times a year minimum and if you live in oklahoma our climate changes from day to day sometimes from hour to hour minute to minute so i think we we just need to kind of relax 
on that a little bit and not be so stressed out because the, you know the planet is a living breathing thing so it's not stagnant and it is going to change like we've had we've had ice ages and we we have also had melting of ice caps over thousands of years so it's nothing new why because things change in a very living i would say eco environment so we need to be careful about those things and not overstress Another part of their activities is engaging, advising, and informing the public and partner organizations with relevant information. That's good, but I don't like it if it's too environmentally pushy and kind of weird and saying, "Oh, you have to do it our way," and that's not not how things need to go down. Um another part of their fundamental activities uh is custodianship for uh, sorry, excuse me, custodianship of environmental resources. So that I agree with but we need to be careful how we handle it cuz sometimes people will misinterpret that as oh the federal government should be in charge of everybody's property. Well, we do not live on communes and communes are part of cults and we are not communists. So we need to be very careful about when we talk about custodianship, you know, people have private property and they have they have rights. And so those rights supersede what the federal government typically wants to do, which they typically especially within the EPA, um they have a very strong arm of the federal government and they love to confiscate other people's private property and they want to make it federal land and that that's not the way to go because you know if the government confiscates everything, then how can we as a country be good stewards of what the government has stolen from us? So we need to make we need to make sure that We work hand in hand with the government, but we the people are the government. Like we don't report to the government, the government reports to us. So we need to make sure that we are aware of those things. Um in terms of history, the NOAA traces its history back to multiple agencies, some of which were among the oldest in the federal government. Um some of these we've already discussed, but one of them is the United States Coast and geodetic have you pronounced that survey the weather bureau bureau of commercial fisheries coast and geodetic survey core um the most direct predecessor of NOAA was the environmental science services administration into which several existing scientific agencies such as the United States coast and geodetic survey and the weather bureau and the uniform core were um absorbed in 1965 so a lot of things changed basically from administration to administration um the NOAA was established within the Department of Commerce via the reorganization plan number 4 and formed on October 3, 1970 after um the United States president uh, Richard Nixon proposed creating a new agency to serve a national need for better protection of life and property from natural hazards for a better understanding of the total environment and for exploration and development leading to the intelligent use of our marine resources which i think is a very wise thing to do NOAA is a part of the Department of Commerce rather than the Department of Interior because of a feud between oh this is interesting between Richard Nixon and his and Interior Secretary Um let's see here. So I guess I had a little bit of a tiff, but sometimes these things come and go. Um in 2007, the NOAA celebrated 200 years of service in its role as successor to the United States Survey of the Coast. In 2013, NOAA closed 600 weather stations. I'm kind of surprised by that because we need those. Um NOAA was officially formed in 1970. And in 2017 had over 11,000 civilian employees. Um let's see here. 
talks a little bit about the organizational structure. So they do have an administrator, probably very much overpaid. And so in terms of the services um, that is under the umbrella of the NOAA, it says the NOAA works toward its mission through six major line offices, the National Environmental Satellite Data and Information Service. Some of this is kind of a repeat, but also um, the National Marine Fisheries Service, the National Ocean Service, the National Weather Service, the Office of Oceanic and Atmospheric Research, excuse me, and the Office of Marine and Aviation Operations. And they have, you know, more than a dozen staff offices and things of that nature. And they also have a central library and they have an office of program planning and integration. Not really sure what all that means, but it's probably a waste of money in regards to that. Now, I do agree with the National Weather Service. Um that is actually really good, you know, especially for us that live in um the central part of the United States, which is typically called Tornado Alley because that is where a lot of tornadoes occur. And so we are very much aware about crazy weather, so we always appreciate people that care about the weather and study it and they approach it scientifically and, you know, treat it <laughs> with the seriousness that it deserves, but, you know, not freak out or anything. Then we have the National Ocean Service. Um the National Ocean Service focuses on ensuring that ocean and coastal areas are safe, healthy and productive. That's actually a really good thing to have. Then they have the National Environmental Satellite Data and Information System or service, excuse me, and that was created by the NOAA to operate and manage the US environmental satellite programs and manage NWS data and those of other government agencies and departments. Very interesting there. So it's kind of um a regulatory thing and they have um newer generations of satellites that are being developed and things of that nature. The other thing that they they have um among other things is the National Marine Fisheries Service. We've touched on that just a little bit but not in great detail. Um the National Marine Fisheries Service also known as NOAA Fisheries was initiated in 1871 so it goes back quite a ways. Um its primary goal of uh, the research protection and management and restoration of commercial and recreational fisheries and their habitat and protected species. Um this particular department operates 12 headquarter uh, offices, 5 regional offices, 6 fisheries uh, science centers and more than 20 laboratories throughout the United States and its territories. So they do quite a bit and that's really good because the last thing we want is to deplete our fish resources. You know, imagine if we depleted all the fish like no more salmon or no more tuna. Well, we, you know, you would lose a lot of nutrients, right? So we need to make sure that we take care of these things. Uh, another aspect of what this particular agency does is the Office of Oceanic and Atmospheric Research. Um so it it says here the NOAA's research conducted through the Office of Oceanic and Atmospheric Research is the driving force behind NOAA environmental products and services that protect life and property and promote economic growth. So that's actually re- really good of them to do that because we do need to be aware of the different things that occur um within our environment. I think that's actually a really good thing to do. Um another thing they have, you know, obviously this federal agency has ships and aircraft because they do have an office of marine and aviation operations. You know, that is something that they actually do need if they are going to conduct that work. Um they also have the national I'm probably going to mispronounce this, a geodetic survey. And so I guess that particular survey is the primary surveying organization in the United States, so probably a good thing to do. 
They also have a national integrated drought information system. Being that I am originally from Oklahoma, that's really important because Oklahoma, when we go through a drought, it's really bad. I mean, in case you don't know much about Oklahoma, if you're from another country, um, Oklahoma, uh, way back in the 1930s, we had what was called the Dust Bowl. And it was really bad. Like, people were starving. People lost their homes. They lost their farms. And we had no rain uh, for a long time. And also another bad thing that happened was farmers were not utilizing their land properly. So they over-farmed the topsoil. So then when the wind blew, which the wind blows quite a bit here, it created a dust bowl, literally. Like, it was just dust everywhere. It was very difficult to breathe, caused a lot of disease, and a lot of people starved. And so it's one of those things that because so many things – I would say accumulate in terms of problems that made the dust bowl way worse because we did not get any rain for a really long time. And the dust bowl was just really hard for Oklahoma and other states as well. Like a lot of people suffered because they were not able to grow their own produce. And also because of what these farmers did, um, they were not being good stewards of their land. So it's one of those things that, you know, when you – When you deplete the topsoil, and mind you, our topsoil is not like Mississippi soil. Like, we do not have rich soil here. So you would think that being that, you know, we don't have rich soil here per se, maybe I should lift that up in prayer that we do get rich soil. If you already know that you don't have rich soil, then you have to make sure that you don't overdo it on your farming. Well, they didn't practice good stewardship of their land back then. And then they also got gypped um, out of their land by bankers from up north. So not only were people starving, but they lost their homes and their farms because they got gypped in business deals. And then we, and then we ended up having a, a stock market crash and things of that nature. So Oklahoma's been through a lot. But it's very important um, to understand droughts and try to avoid droughts. And so one of the ways that Oklahoma avoids droughts <coughs> excuse me. Let me get a drink of water. Hold on just a second. One of the ways to avoid droughts is to create man-made lakes. And what's really nice about man-made lakes is that you always have a water supply. And a lot of these man-made lakes, they are, they are dammed. Like they dam a river or they, or they build a dam and make it so that even if you don't have a river, you have a dam there. And that dam, it provides electricity to the city or town that is near that area. So it was actually a really smart thing that they did after the Dust Bowl and after things kind of calmed down. And they recognized, hey, we can't go through something like that again. You know, because obviously, you know, at that time they could not rely on consistent rain. Like we have very inconsistent rain. The only thing that is consistent about Oklahoma weather is that it's inconsistent. And so you can't always rely on sunshine or rain or normal temperate climate. You know, it's very crazy weather here, so it's, it's just very disturbing. But anyway, um, needless to say, this, this particular agency has a national integrated drought information system. And so it says that this is a program within the NOAA with a, in, I think it's interagency mandate to coordinate and integrate drought research building upon existing federal, tribal, state, and local partnerships in support of creating a national drought early warning information system. Well, here in Oklahoma, we know that we are prone to droughts, unfortunately, so we already know about some of that. 
Um, but I think the best thing to do is to make sure that you always have a water supply. Always, always, always. And so what they started doing, you know, out in the boonies, and when I say out in the boonies, that's a word that we use here in Oklahoma um, to describe, like, when you live out in the country. A lot of people that live out in the country, they have their own water supply. They typically do not have to go through the city because it would cost a lot of money for the city to run pipe um, out to their property. So a lot of people tap into their own water table that is actually below ground on their land. So that's one of those things that at this point is is very controversial in California. Um I've mentioned this before that out in California there are many farmers out there that are suffering at the hands of a tyrannical government in California because these farmers that have ranches and um places of business and you know they have produce and they have their own farms most of them have their own water supply because they're operating on their own land well unfortunately what some of the government or powers that be out in California are doing they are charging these people a fine and a fee for using their own water like they're not even using water from like the city of Los Angeles or San Francisco or San Diego like they're not using city water to water their crops or their fields like they're they're tapping into their own water supply with their own water rights but the government is saying oh well that's not environmentally safe it's like okay so you don't want us to feed people you don't want us to have jobs you don't want there to be produce in the state of California so what these farmers are having to do and these ranchers as well they're having to pay all these monies and get these special permits just to water their crops because the state of California unfortunately the stupid government out there and the powers that be typically crazy liberal democrats they want to control other people's property and the water that is on their property it it doesn't belong to the city it doesn't belong to the state and it doesn't belong to the federal government but they are trying to control and suppress what these farmers can do and all for the sake of, of environmentalism it's like okay do you want a drought you know do you want grass fires you know do you want more fires out in california then give these farmers and ranchers a chance to tap into their own water supply that they have been paying for on their own by paying property tax and you know a lot of these farmers they have lived and operate on the same on the same land for years because it is typically a family um, a family owned business so it's one of those things that government big government does not respect businesses of any kind especially small mom and pop shops and they do not respect family owned businesses and the reason why big government does not respect those kinds of industries is because you know farmers and ranchers and small mom and pop shops and family owned businesses they can they typically cannot afford to have a corporate lawyer but these big corporations can afford it so who does the government go after and punish they go after people that you know it's very hard for them to defend themselves so needless to say the cost of goods has been driven up even more out in out in california because the state of california is trying to control the water supply by limiting the water supply which makes no sense but anyway that's that's some of the stupidity of the state of california um let's see moving on they do have a intergovernmental panel on climate change which i think is stupid climate change is nothing new um it's it's something that happens naturally in our environment because you know this planet is a living breathing um entity so to speak i mean it's not human but i mean it's um it's it's a living organism and the reason why is because god made it that way 
So, I mean, the planet was made for people. Um, we were not made for the planet. So what that means is that, you know, God created the planet first. He created the solar system, the galaxies, all this stuff. He created everything so that we have so that we have and had a place to live and to call home. So it's one of those things that, you know, earth is a gift to us. All of it is a gift. So being that it is a gift from God, we need to treasure it, appreciate it and take care of it and be good stewards. In that same token, being a good steward does not mean that you give your government permission to take uh take property away excuse me i still have the hiccups i apologize um being that we are supposed to be good stewards the worst thing you can do is give your government permission to control other people's property and to the extreme because it's not the federal government or the state government that owns these people's private property it's the individual citizens that own their private property So we need to make sure that within environmentalism which can be a good thing, we need to make sure that we are not overdoing it and that we are not punishing people but instead enabling people to be able to provide for themselves, their families, their communities, their their state and their country. So, you know, we need to make sure that we are not getting in the way of someone else's prosperity and that we are not using rules, laws and regulations to punish people. not like that. You know, if someone breaks the law, of course take them to court, you know, file charges, you know, sue them, whatever the case may be. But hindering, you know, like for example, like what I talked about with these farmers and ranchers, you know, punishing them for using their own water supply that they that they service on their own and they have to drill for, that makes no sense. I mean, it's just I never thought the government could get away with that. But that's the craziness of California. So again, California, I love you guys very much. I pray for you all the time, and I will continue to lift up prayers for you because you guys do not deserve to be treated like that. It's ridiculous. But I'm going to say this, and this might sound a little harsh, but you know, on this podcast, you know, we call a spade a spade, and we say it like it is. Please hear me, California. You need to start voting people into into office that are Republicans and that are capitalists. Because obviously the Democratic Party is not for you, they are against you. Like don't believe that oh, we need to we need to take care of everybody. Well, here's the thing. You know, you don't need a nanny. You need more freedom. So if you keep voting in Democrats, then you're going to continue to have these problems and to have way worse inflation still, you know, than than compared to the rest of the country and that's just not right. I mean, I understand that a lot of people want to live in California. It's a beautiful place. That's wonderful, but You know, you know, paying $3,000 a month for a 900 square foot apartment and then you know maybe paying like 2 million or 3 million 2 or 3 million dollars for just an average home is ridiculous. I mean, here in Oklahoma, that's luxury, but out in California, that's peanuts. That's not right. And it used to not be like that in California. So again, you know, things things can always go in the right direction, but starts in the voting booth. Well, I take that back. It starts in your heart and it starts with your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because whenever you make government your god, that's when you're going to have a whole lot of problems and it makes it very difficult to get any of your freedoms back. So put God first and everything else will fall into place and then that way when you do go to the voting booth, you will be voting for the people by the people because the powers with the people always has been and always will be. But I will go ahead and end this podcast. But as usual, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole. That you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye bye.
Waves transform 